Well, good morning, everyone. Good morning and Happy New Year to all of you. I know we're two weeks in, but I haven't had the chance to say it to you yet. Happy New Year. And all weekend long, I have been um, just looking at the series graphic that we have before us on our programs and behind me, and I believe there's something just kind of prophetic that's happening in that graphic. I really do. I believe that we can see before us in 2019 a blank canvas that the Lord just has beautiful art that he wants to create in your life and mine. It's going to be new and it's going to be beautiful. And maybe this weekend is part of it. So I'm so glad that each and every one of you are here. I would invite the ushers to come into the room at both of our campuses to receive our tithes and offerings. And as they're doing that, I wanna greet our online audience. We're so glad that you're, that you're worshiping with us this morning, that you're part of what God is doing here at Hosanna. And of course, invite you to also be time, uh, part of this time of giving. And then together in Lakeville, we wanna greet you, Shakopee, this morning because you have a really significant day together. You have been waiting many months, almost a year, praying diligently, waiting for the Lord's perfect timing to bring you your campus pastor. And he makes all things beautiful in his time. And he has brought you an incredible pastor, in Pastor Aaron Davich. And so we wanna celebrate with you that your campus pastor is being installed today. Would you clap with me? Yes, congratulations. We're thrilled for you. And then I'd love to put up a picture of a good-looking group of people that are right uh, from here at Hosanna. This is our first impact team that is going out in the year 2019 from Hosanna. We send trips all year long um, to places all over the country and all over the world, and this is just the first team that's going. They leave tomorrow morning, and they are going to Cuba. And so I want you to know that your giving goes toward things like this. I also would love to invite you just to be praying for these people, for their protection and their wisdom, that the Lord would sincerely use them to multiply the hope and the heartbeat of Jesus in Cuba. We call them impact trips, though, because we have the opportunity to make an impact and also to receive an impact. And so would you be praying that that would happen with these awesome individuals in this coming week? We hope it's a beautiful week there in Cuba. Well, we are in a series that kicked off last weekend called New. I hope it's kind of causing your heart to pound a, a little bit with expectation of the new thing that God is doing in your life. Ryan uh, brought forth the theme verse that comes out of the book of Revelation, chapter 21, verse 5. It's an image of Jesus sitting on the throne and declaring over the whole earth, behold, I am making all things new. I tell you, this is sincerely one of my favorite verses in the Bible. It's, it makes sense to me in every season because God is always doing a new thing on the earth, in his church worldwide, in our church, and in our lives. And I know this morning I've been thinking about people who may have come into church today feeling stuck in something, just feeling like there's no way out, maybe feeling discouraged, your circumstances are hard right now, and you came to church and I want you to know that the Lord would, would love to say over you and over your life, declare the truth, behold, I am making all things new. It's a promise that's coming right from God's heart to yours. I'm making all things new. And this promise comes with a command to us to look, to behold, to pay attention to the new thing that God is doing, to set our sights on what he is doing in our lives. And I just love the thought that if we will do that in 2019, I don't know what might happen in our circumstances, but I know what's gonna happen in our hearts and in our minds. There is gonna be beauty and there is gonna be hope because we can believe at all times that God is at work and he is doing something new. And so maybe step into that 
Over these four weeks, we are looking at four different places in the Bible where God does speak of doing something new. Last weekend, Ryan kicked us off by talking about the new heart that's declared in the book of Ezekiel, but then most importantly comes to us in Jesus Christ, that we are offered this new heart. All we have to do is ask. Many of you prayed to receive the heart of Jesus to be beating inside of your chest this year and in your life. It was a beautiful message. If you missed it, please go back and watch it. And then an indication of where we're going in these next couple of weeks. I think you should know that we have a sense that this series is really significant in the lives of individuals, that it's uh, breaking things free and it's and allowing you to live with new hope. It is also a really significant series inside of a really significant season for us as a church. You might um, be sensing it around here that God is doing some new stuff. He's doing some new things. If you haven't heard about it already, it's really worth celebrating. We are now a three-campus church. We just launched Hosanna Northfield. And yes, you can clap for that, absolutely. It's incredibly exciting. So we have new family members in 2019 that we're gonna get to know and that will have so much to offer to who we are here at Hosanna. And then we are also inside of a season where we are updating our look and our language here at Hosanna to reflect who we are as a church. The four decades of faithful and beautiful ministry inside of this community and this region and all over the world. Over the last year it's been, uh, the leadership team, the senior leadership team, the vision board, our communications team, many hands and hearts have been on this process of just conversing with one another and asking of the Lord, would you show us for this next season, would you reveal to us the right look and the right language that would represent who we uniquely are in the body of Christ here at Hosanna? And two weeks from now, we get to reveal that updated look and language, and we really want you to be here for it. I think that that weekend, honestly, is gonna feel like a big old party around here because it's also our Grow and Impact weekend, so the atriums will be filled with opportunities for you to get connected to how to grow in 2019 through classes and courses and small groups. We'll also have our impact tables that have trips and local opportunities to get involved in serving, and so that will be happening, and you should be here for that, but we also just want you to be part of our senses. It's just gonna feel like we're gonna launch out of that weekend into a new season as a church, and we want you to be here for it. So circle that on your calendars, cancel all your other plans, and be in church. Say, okay, Jen, we will. All right, so that's where we've been, and that is where we're going but this weekend, we get to look at just an absolutely beautiful portion of scripture where God speaks of doing something new in giving us new clothes. And so I would ask you, first of all, do you like getting new clothes? I do, I do. Did you get new clothes at Christmas? You can raise your hand for that. Did you get some new clothes at Christmas time? Yes, okay, so did I. Um, I may or may not have been shopping in December for other people but I did find this sweater that I really loved and it was on sale for me. So I bought it and I wrapped it. I actually did this. I wrapped it, I put it under the tree and I made a tag that said, for Jen, love Jackson, the dog. <laughs> so on Christmas morning, surprise, I had this lovely new sweater and I unwrapped it and, and I said, oh, this is from Jackson. And our boys were just so confused and amazed that Jackson had got me a present. How do you pull that off? I'm like, I know, he is an amazing dog who really knows my taste, 
We've told you he's wearing diapers these days, so honestly, I just feel like I earned the sweater is really what happened. And I just love getting new clothes for a new season. I bet you're wearing some of your new clothes now. Now, I love getting new clothes. My husband, however, Ryan, hates getting new clothes hates it. Like, we were just laughing our heads off about it last week because he has just this visceral, he just hates, he hates going shopping for new clothes, he hates receiving new clothes. I swear he just wouldn't want to wear them if that was an option, but it's not an option. He's a pastor after all. So, so I, sometimes I have to help him. You know, I think that's one of the jobs of wives. Like, we have to pay attention to our husband's wardrobes and where they have holes in their wardrobes and help them along, and Christmas is a good time to do that. And so I got Ryan something that he needed. It's something very basic. I got him six new undershirts, okay? Nothing fancy. I wrapped them up, put them in a box. He, he, he takes that box out from under the tree. You know, I've just put on my new sweater from Jackson. and um, He opens up this box, and you would think that he could muster up like, oh, thank you, Jen, this was thoughtful. No, 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 no. Ryan opens the box, he pulls out the undershirts, and the first word is, why? Why? Why did you get me these? This is literally what he said, what's wrong with my old ones? So, so I brought one of the old ones, okay? I just thought you might want to see what's the matter with the old ones, okay? I'm going to tell you, I've saved his dignity. I did not bring the ones that had like pit stains. You know, I didn't bring the stained ones. I just brought the ones that showed how obvious it was that Ryan needed some new undershirts. I would love to just show you exhibit A under this armpit. We have a gaping hole. And same under this armpit, gaping hole. And then we have holes even people on the neck. Like this is the part that shows. So if you could help me along, church, if you see Ryan sometime in these next couple weeks, would you just compliment him on his undershirt? You won't be able to see it, but just tell him. It looks really good on him. I could use your back up. Some of us love to get new clothes, and some of us hate to get new clothes, but I really believe that every single one of us is gonna be so grateful by the time we are done inside of this passage of scripture today for the new clothes that we get from Jesus Christ himself. So I would invite you to please, if you have a Bible with you, to open it to the book of Colossians. We are gonna be in Colossians chapter three. If you have a worship center Bible, the page number is up on the screen. If you don't have a Bible with you, don't worry. I'll be, you can follow along with me, but we do encourage you to bring them. We very much encourage that. Colossians chapter three. I would love to just <clears throat> set the table of uh, who this was written to and why. Uh, the book of Colossians was actually originally a letter. It was written by a pastor. His name was Paul. He traveled all over this area of the world, starting the first churches, the first followers of Jesus. He was the one who told many people about Jesus. This is after, right after Jesus dies and is resurrected, and these early churches begin to form. And he would spend uh, weeks or months or years even sometimes with these, these little congregations, these little ecclesias, teaching them. And then he would leave to go to another region, but he would stay in touch with these churches through letters. And he was writing these letters to encourage them in their faith and to teach them. And particularly, we see this theme all over his letters, to teach them what it looks like to live their new life in Christ. In fact, this section of my Bible, perhaps yours is too, it literally has the title above it, Living the New Life. Living the New Life. Behold, I'm making all things new. 
Paul is, is working with believers who have, you know, have said, I wanna surrender my life to the Lordship of Jesus Christ and I want his heart to beat within my chest and I, and I want the Spirit of God to be alive in me. I wanna be made new. And what Paul is doing in this particular section is he is saying to them, that is all beautiful and that is all good and it should make a real difference in your life. It really will make a real difference in the guts of your life, in the everyday of your life, that the Spirit of God is alive in you, that Christ himself lives in you. It's gonna make you different. It's gonna make you new. And so he knows that, that these are humans, just like you and I, and so he, he, he makes very helpful contrast between what is old and what is new. And eventually, he will use this metaphor of clothes, and we'll get there in just a moment, but I wanna just begin in verse one because this is where he begins in reminding these believers who they are, that they are new in Christ. Would you allow your own heart to be reminded as I read this to you? Verse one, since you have been raised to new life. Everybody say new life. New life. Say it again and believe it. New life. Here we go. With Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven. Look at what God is doing. Do you hear the echo of our theme scripture there? Set your sights on the realities of heaven where Christ sits in the place of honor at God, God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. It's important to clarify that when he's saying think about the things of heaven, he's not telling the believers, you should sit all day thinking about that place you're gonna go someday when you die. You know, the clouds and the pearly gates. That's not what he's saying. When he says, set your sights on heaven, he means set your sights on the, on the God plane. You know, all of us, we, we, we have a couple of planes that we live in. We have the earthly plane, the circumstances, the things that are going on around us and inside of us. But he says, I wanna remind you, you're new in Christ, so lift your eyes, lift your head, and look at, at what God is doing. Look at that plane, pay attention to that. In your new life in Christ, let your vision change to what God is doing in your life. Think about those things. Verse three, for you died to this life, he's reminding them, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. He's reminding them where their real life is found. He knows that they and we are tempted to try to get life from a lot of other places. He says, let me just begin by reminding you, your real life is in Christ. That's where your real life is found. So now let's get down to the business of talking about the old and the new. Verse five, so believers who live with a new life in Christ, put to death the sinful earthly things that are lurking within you. When I read that over the last couple of weeks, that word lurking just really stuck out to me and I just sat with it for a moment and I thought that's exactly how it is in my life. I wonder if it's how it is in your life that there are just some things that still lurk within me. You know, you can be refined and refined over time, and we'll talk about some of that in just a moment, but there's kind of always a sense that there's stuff that's lurking. It's in the shadows, you might not even be aware of it, and it can come out, I think especially when we're, when we're tired and when we're stressed and, or we're cornered, you know, it's the stuff that's lurking that comes out. He says, I want you to pay attention to those things. Be aware of those things, because they are old. They are not your new life in Christ. So then he goes right for the jugular. Here we go. He says, have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Remember, Paul is speaking in an age that is before 
pornography on the internet. But this is as old as time. And what is as old as time is people getting bound, being chained by the ongoing cyclical shame cycle of sexual sin. And I believe that this was probably hard for Paul to write. I'm gonna tell you sometimes it's hard, it's hard for me to speak about it, but I knew there are people who are listening that the very old thing that you are stuck in has something to do with sexual sin. And we believe the Lord led you here. And we believe that his word applies to you, not to condemn you, not to scold you, but to remind you that is not who you are. It's not who you are, it's old. You are new. Christ wants to set you free. He wants to make you new. He can, behold, he's doing it. He's making all things new. Paul knows that that's, that keeps people bound. He also knows the other thing that, that keeps people bound and he goes right for it. Don't be greedy, don't be greedy. For a greedy person is an idolater, a worshiper of the things of this world. I hope that hits us in the heart. I really hope it does. If it's something, if it's a stronghold in our life, greed. I know that that's a stronghold in my life when I begin to put my identity and my worth in the things that I own, in the size of my bank account, the things I don't own yet, that I'm now afraid I need to own. I need to get that new thing because I have the old thing. I need to get that car, that house, that purse, that what, those clothes, those shoes. This is where I'm spending my time. It's where my heart energy is going. It's where my treasure is. That's when I'm living in greed. And he says, that's old. That's not who you are. You know, no, that's not, that's not where your identity is. It's not in the stuff that you own. That is old. Everybody say, that's old. It's old. Verse six, because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. Verse seven, you used to do these things when your life was still part of this world, but now is the time to get rid of, and he's gonna give us a list, but I just want us to say and declare it. Now is the time. Now is the time. Now is the time to get rid of. These are some of the things that are just old. Here's a list of the old. It's time to get rid of anger. It's time. And it's partner, rage. The hard kind that comes at people and the soft kind that stews and just shuts people out. It's time to get rid of it. It's old, it's old and you are new. Malicious behavior, it's time to get rid of it. Slander, talking about people, cutting them down behind their backs, stealing their worth, slandering people. It's time to be done with that. That's not who you are in Christ. That's not who you are in Christ, it's old. And dirty language. This <laughs> makes me laugh because this week, Ryan and I had to do some business in our household around dirty language. You know that we are raising three boys they are terrific human beings. They just ride the bus. <laughs> and so, we have a problem on our hands. They are hearing words and maybe trying them sometimes and, and telling on each other about all that. And so we had to have this family meeting about dirty language and why we don't use it. You know, because it's important to start with the why. And this is basically where we started. You know, we said, dirty language, boys, it's, it's rude, it's vulgar, it doesn't speak well of you. 
When you use dirty language, you know, you want to be a person that people respect, that people trust, that people want to have in the room and have in their homes. And when you use that kind of language, it just doesn't speak well of you. We talked about that. But even more than that, it doesn't speak well of Christ in you. And so it's time to get rid of dirty language. That's what Paul is saying. We represent Christ in the world. So let's get rid of this stuff. It's old. Verse nine, don't lie to each other. This is old. Don't lie to each other. That whole business that you used to do of protecting yourself by by manipulating and putting up lies and building lies around your life to protect, it's old. It's old. As people of Christ, we want to be trustworthy. We want our yes to be yes and our no to be no. We want people to get the real story when they're spending time with us. Don't lie. It's old. It's old, he says. And this is where he begins to bring in the language about clothing. For you have stripped off your old sinful nature and all of its wicked, all of its wicked deeds. You've stripped it off. You've taken it off. You've put it off. I love just how tangible this metaphor is because we all, you know, get dressed. You have to take off your pajamas in the morning to put on your clothes. He's like, it's just like that. But take off the old sinful stuff that's kept you bound and put on your new nature. That's what it says in this next verse. If you are gonna listen this morning, would you listen to this verse? This is the center of the center. Underline it, put a star next to it. This is everything right here, verse 10. Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. Put on your new nature. Again, isn't that just the simplest metaphor? Take off the old, put on the new nature. But what has to be said about this new nature, it is so critical that this is clear, is that you don't deserve the new nature, this new clothes, you don't deserve it. You can't make it. You can't sew it together. It doesn't say create your new nature and put it on. This is an image where you are simply receiving it. You are receiving the new. As I pressed into this this week, I just, I saw the image of my own hands out and the Lord putting into my hands the clothes, like the physical clothes that I want to wear. For me, it was a mustard color fuzzy sweater because that's hip right now. But I don't know what it is for you. Maybe it's a suit or maybe it's a gown or maybe it's a hoodie sweatshirt or maybe it's a sweater, whatever it is for you that you would have this image of putting out your hands and having it placed into your hands. That's as simple as it is. It is a gift, this new nature. You receive it, you can't earn it. You didn't sow it. It's given to you, but, and you get to put it on. You get to put it on. And then I love that he is so clear. He knows, Paul knows, and Jesus knows, and every single one of us knows, this is not a one-time thing. This is not a, oh, thank you for the beautiful sweater. I've now put my new nature on, and here it will remain for all times, henceforth and forevermore. No, that is not how it works. We don't be made new in one moment. We are made new. Behold, I am making all things new. Be renewed. It's an ongoing process. Every single one of us is gonna reach back for the old. But I like this shirt. It has holes in it, I know, but I still wanna wear it. I still wanna wear it, it's comfortable, it's what I know. 
Or maybe we don't even know that this shirt has holes in it. You know, sometimes God's gotta tell us that through other people sometimes. That shirt has holes in it. It does not look good on you. We'll reach for it, but in those moments, we can say, no, this is not who I am anymore. That's old. I am new. I am new. Be renewed. And then he gives us the end game. He reminds us what we are made new for. He says, learn to know your creator and become like him. This process of being made new, being made new, being made new, every day, every year, every decade, this ongoing process is to move us more and more and more into looking like the image of Jesus himself. That happens over time. It's what's happening when he makes us new, more and more and more like Jesus. Verse 11, I know that Paul was really smart because he worked with people. He was a pastor, he worked with people, and they knew how, he, how they worked. And he knew that there would be people who would disqualify themselves from this equation, who would think, you know, yeah, great story, neat metaphor, not for me. Not for me, you don't know my past. First of all, you don't know how old the stuff that I'm stuck in is. Or, you know, I'm just not really a religious person, so I don't know that this applies to me. Paul speaks directly to these things. Would you just listen to this? He says, in this new life, it doesn't matter if you are a Jew or a Gentile. In those days, that meant if you are religious or not, it doesn't matter. If you are circumcised or uncircumcised, which basically means if you've followed all the rules or if you haven't followed the rules, you're still included. If you're barbaric, I mean, how much of a word is that? Can any of us who feel like we're bad behavior people like fit into the word barbaric? I think we can, uncivilized, slave or free, no matter who you are, no one is disqualified because Christ is all that matters and he lives in all of us. Say all of us. Put your hand on your heart and say all of us. All of us. No one is exempt. No one is disqualified from the new life in Christ. He offers it freely to every single one of us. Verse 12, Paul reminds them, since God chose you, he chose you to be his holy people that he loves. This is the why. You know, sometimes in Christianity, when we receive a list of don'ts and do's, we think of it in terms of, don't do this, do that. Don't do this, do do that, coming down from God. That's not how the equation works at all. It's I am offering you these new clothes. I'm offering you a new way of being. You can choose to take it and put it on or to reject it. But I hope that you'll hear that God loves you. So why wouldn't you? You must put it on. You must. And this is where we get to hear about what these clothes look like and feel like. You must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy. When we are clothed in Christ, we are not judgmental people. We are not critical people. We are tender-hearted, merciful people. That's Christ on us. You are clothed in kindness, not rudeness, not mad at the grocery store and in my car, kindness. Kindness with people, humility. May it be so, clothe us in humility. Gentleness and patience. As I read those words, can you picture somebody in your life who's like this? They're gentle and they're patient and they're humble and they're kind. 
I tell you, the people in my life who are like that, I just wanna be with those people all the time. I wanna be near them. They're irresistible to me. But I know and you know that it's not them, it's not them, it's Christ in them that I'm drawn to. The presence of Christ is irresistible. And when we put it on, people are gonna wanna be with us. Get ready for it. They're gonna wanna be with you because you're so gentle, you're so kind, you're so patient, you're so loving. He goes on, make allowance in this new life, when we're wearing these clothes, we make allowance for each other's faults. Isn't that a simple thing? But isn't it profound that we would make allowance? Yep, people are gonna make mistakes. People are gonna wear their old clothes sometimes. People are gonna, that stuff that lurks within them, it's gonna come out at me sometimes. Make allowance for it. Why can I make allowance for it? Because remember, so make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Because remember, the Lord forgave you, so we must forgive others. You can forgive anyone who offends you. I, I just think that would be the most beautiful thing that could happen in my life. I think it's one of the ways God's making me new is he's giving me new clothes and they are offense proof. You know, it's like a slicker, a rain slicker. The water comes, it just slides right off. That's how offense can be in our lives, people of God. We wear those clothes. Your stuff can come at me. It can be ugly. It can be old, but it doesn't have to cause me to say, well, you're going to wear your old clothes. I'm going to wear my old clothes and now we're going to duke it out. No, that doesn't have to happen. Let the offense come. Remind yourself who you are. You have been forgiven much. You are wearing clothes you don't deserve. So the least that you can do is forgive the person who's coming at you. People who wear these new clothes in Christ forgive readily, easily, because Christ in us does that. Verse 14, above all, he says, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. In other words, if you're gonna forget everything else that you just read, everything else that you just heard, what these new clothes are made out of, they are made out of love. And you get to wear love every single day. Hallelujah. Isn't this a beautiful passage of scripture? Doesn't it hit your life right in the center of where you are? It did for me, it has for me. And I knew that part of my task this weekend would be to just share with you how all of this old clothes, new clothes, old nature, new nature, new heart, how it plays out in my life. Um, I don't like doing this. I don't love being candid about the things that lurk within me, but I know that it's important. Just, just to show you how it works it out in my life, I hope that if I can be brave, that you can be brave. Um, so I'll just candidly tell you that as I look at the list of the things of the old that lurk within me, the one that, that jumps out to me still is is anger and rage. I feel like those things are really partnered together, you know? And sincerely, most of the time, I am an even-keeled, jovial person. I'm hopeful. I'm, I, I hope, I, you know I am who I appear to be when I'm speaking to you, but I also want you to know that there are times, particularly in my parenting, when um, I, I lose, I have lost control, and anger has really come out at my kids. And has the situation been right? Am I tired? Am I hungry? Am I stressed? Am I busy? Is my pace too much? And so, and are they misbehaving? Of course they're misbehaving. Yes, of course they are. But as I, especially as I look back, it's not my new reality right now, but I can look back. I don't like to look back at the times that I just really lost it on my kids. Not physically, don't worry, but just with my words and with my countenance and with the, the quickness of my temper and the rage at which I came at them. 
I have had to sit down, especially with our two older kids, and apologize to them for that. Say, I am sorry that I did that to you because that's not who I am in Christ. It's not who Christ is. It's not who Christ on me is. Christ in me is gentle. Christ in me is kind. You still need to be disciplined. You still can't do that thing that I was yelling at you for, but I'm gonna try not to yell at you for it anymore. I'm gonna try not for rage to rise in me. And you know, it's not, of course, clearly out of me yet. It's still gonna lurk within me. All these things are still lurking, but I will tell you that I am keenly aware of it now. And I can name it for what it is. It's old. It's old. It's not Christ in me. It's not who I am. And it has taken uh, a number of really important factors in my life to get to this. And, and it will for you and whatever it is that lurks in you. It takes being in the word of God daily. Because if you are in the word of God, you just simply can't miss it. It's all over the place. That, that you were not made. Christ in you does not rage at people. Christ in you is not proud. Christ in you does not hate. Christ in you does not gossip. If you spend time in God's word, you can't get away from it. You have to look at it and say, yeah, convict me, Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has to do this work in us, has to do this work in us daily. And then I would say that community has been critical for me. Friends in Christ, my husband. Ryan has helped me so much because just like I could tell him, that undershirt you're wearing has holes in it. You need a new one. He does that with me in way more important things. And I do that with him in way more important things. That when either of us are, are, are operating in a way that is outside of who we are in Christ, that we can reflect that to each other. And our marriage has not always been safe enough for that. I know that as I'm talking, there are marriages right now who are like, we couldn't do that in a million years because we're currently wearing clothes that are so prone to offense. Like the offense comes right in and we just start fighting with each other and it's your fault and we're blaming and don't you tell me what I can't do. And I know how all that works because I have lived it. Ryan and I have lived it. But the Lord has made our marriage new. He's making it new. And one of the ways that he's making it new is there is an edifying nature to our marriage now where we just both so sincerely desire that the other person would become more and more like Christ. We can reflect that to each other. Do you have people in your life like that? In your home, in your friendships, in your small groups? Because we all need people. We don't always know when we're wearing our old clothes. Somebody's gotta tell us sometimes, gently, kindly, in love. And then it's taken a lot of prayer. And I just want you to know that last week, I, was, I, I asked a group of people to be praying for me about other things I won't go into right now, but that were old and that I wanted to be made new. That's why we exist as a church, is to come alongside one another as all of us are shedding the old things. Sometimes it's a lot of work and sometimes there are things we simply cannot shed by ourselves. That's why we have ministries here, addiction ministries and, and marriage ministries and, and ways to come alongside you as you shed the old and take on and put on the new we all need prayer, and so today at both of our campuses, there will be our prayer team will be up in front and in the prayer chapels. That's why they're here. They would love to pray with you if you're saying, there is something old in my life that I want gone. I wanna be rid of it. And, and the Spirit of God can do that, and he can give you something new. I believe he wants to give you something so beautiful and new. So I don't know where this message um, met your life today, where the word of God met your life today. I pray you've been open to receiving it and that all week long you'll be open to receiving what the Lord is doing in your life. I'm gonna pray for us in just a moment and then we'll sing our closing song together. But before that, 
Um, just yesterday morning, I was praying through this message. I was sitting in, in the chair in my bedroom where I do, and I say, Lord, what are you doing? And how is this relevant in my life? And would you, would you reveal that to me? Would you reveal what you're doing in hearts? And, um, and I just began to have a poem that just started to roll around in my head. And this happens to me. I write songs, I write poems, and, and it's how I work things through, honestly. And so this poem, it came rather quickly. And, and so yesterday, I said, would you want me to share this, Lord? And, and I think he said yes. And so over the last couple of services, I've done that, and I'm just gonna read it over you all. I hope that what it does is just kind of summarizes the journey that we've been on together in his word this morning. And so I would invite you now to just close your eyes, to take a deep breath, to receive what the Lord has for you today. It's time to take these clothes off. They're full of holes and unholy stains. It's time for truth to resound, that I am no longer bound to these old and earthly ways. It's time. I am putting on my new clothes now. They're light and white and fit just right. For God himself made me to wear them every day. The people in my life might stare, wonder how, wonder where did you get those beautiful new clothes? And when they ask, what's got into you? I'll tell them it's not what, but who. It's Christ in me. He's making all things new. Let's pray together. Oh, thank, you. thank you, Lord. Spirit of God, would you come and just stir in the hearts of your people this morning? You brought us here because you wanted to speak to us. You've had much to say. Would you allow, God, what was for me to settle on each and every heart? Lord, I pray that there would be no sense in this room of condemnation of any kind from the old, but, Lord, only a sense of fresh and new and beautiful because you really are making all things new. I pray for marriages pray for parents. I pray for people who feel like they're stuck in their addictions. I pray over people who feel hopeless right now. Lord, I pray you would speak your truth into every single heart. Behold, I am making all things new. And on the canvas of your life, there is a beautiful work of art being painted. Lord, in this moment, as we'll have to do many times after, we remove, we take off the old. We put our hands out to receive the new that you have for us. And we put it on one arm at a time. We let your presence rest on us, the new that we have in you. Lord, as we leave this morning, may we leave knowing that we are new. Only you can do it. 
We pray that you would in the powerful and precious name of Jesus and all God's people said.